Hi everybody, welcome back to Needed Conversations with Ryan and Victoria Cole. Today we're going to uh, recap some voters issues that we talked about in our previous episodes as well as what we're jumping back into talking about marriage and relationships, something that we're really passionate about. So stay tuned. Yes, we are getting back to our first love, which is really the reason why we started this podcast is our passion for family and marriage. Um, I wrote a book on marriage. We've done a course on marriage. Both you and I have taught on it extensively, um, you know, and we're passionate about it. And the reason I think why we took on the voter issues is because all of these things um, affect our families Mm -hmm. and, um, whether it's the economy or immigration or education, et cetera, um, or how you just view the government's role in our lives in general, our families are affected. Um, and the reverse of that is true. And the reason why we promote traditional marriage is because science and statistics um, have shown us that in areas where uh, traditional marriages are promoted, that the economy thrives educational uh, rates increase, less high school dropout rates, um, and just so many things uh, that we could just rattle off, a lot of which is in my book, I Love You More, Most and Forever, some of these stats uh, that were done by reputable universities and agencies. Yeah, we wanted to just kind of recap the last couple of weeks, but before we do, guess what tomorrow is, Victoria? What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is our anniversary. Oh, that's right. <laughs> We're actually recording this a little bit in advance. And right now, Victoria and I are off celebrating our seven years. Mm-hmm. How's it been being married to me for seven years? It's been a wild ride. <laughs> I think, um, you know, marriage is definitely kind of like uh, waves. That's kind of what we a lot of times call it, where there's uh, tides coming in and there's uh you know, sometimes you catch a wave, sometimes you're on rhythm with each other, sometimes you're off rhythm, and especially once you have children and life gets busier and you're busy building things, it's really easy to get, you know, disconnected. But, you know, it, it requires a lot of intentionality um, uh, to pursue one another and not feel like that you know everything there is to know about a person because, you know, you start discovering that a person starts changing right. in different seasons of their life. So. It's been a really, uh, you know, beautiful journey and we've created two beautiful kids. And um, I think one of the, my favorite things I think is uh, seeing you, I think, step into your role as a father. Um, I think because of the things that you didn't receive as a child yourself, um, I think that you really stepped up and you really try to be very intentional with our kids, especially, you know, teaching them morals and, um, uh, you know, doing devotions with them in the evenings, I think it has really created a big impact and in shaping who they are. So, and and that's not to say I didn't have a great father. In fact, my dad joined me on a couple of yeah, episodes. He did. So you should go back and listen to our story and his, his story in particular and how that shaped him as a father. And yeah, but I've uh, so enjoyed being married to you. Um, there's no better person that I could have asked for to be my wife and the mother of our children. And um, it's been a journey. We've had some challenging moments along the way. We've stepped out in faith a whole lot. And Mm -hmm. in our short years, we've moved 
three, four times, something like that. Yeah, this yeah. is our fourth house, or is this our third house? This is our third, third house. house. Third yeah. house, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's been an uh, amazing journeying with you, and here's to forever, because, you know, I love you more, most, mm-hmm. and forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, you know, we've been talking about these voter issues and uh, out of all of the things that we've talked about, what has really stood out to you the most? And if you had to put on the table uh, your number one issue, what would that be? I mean, I think it's what we're really passionate about is promoting marriage, you know, yeah. and family. Uh, and uh, I feel like that it directly affects a lot of other issues like abortion, Um Uh, abortion and um, the economy, like you said, statistics wise, um, there's a lot of issues that kind of come and stem out from cultural things that a government cannot fix. I think sometimes we think that we need all these rules and regulations uh, and we need the government to enforce it. But in all honesty, a lot of it stems from us taking personal responsibility for our own lives yes, and really running with it. And I think it starts within a home, you know, it starts with teaching our children about, uh, you know, cultures and respect and honor and, you know, knowing when to stand up for, for themselves and for what they believe, because Mm -hmm. we like one of the things that we, I really do uh, appreciate something that we both really are trying to instill in our children is to really to push them to think. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think our society is lacking in. But again, it falls back on the statistics that we see uh, and, you know, the family breakdown of the family mm-hmm. unit. And I think a lot of these problems can be solved by us really educating people how important it is for marriage to, you know, thrive and work. And, you know, that's what one thing that we're really passionate about. So, yeah. In the end, um, the root of our philosophy on government is that the government is not going to be able to solve our problems. The government is not going to allow us to have a healthy marriage. It's going to take our work and intentionality, as as you talked about. And I think what that leads to is, for me, and maybe that makes me a little bit more libertarian, um, is let's get the government out of as much as possible Mm -hmm. and bring the government back to what its main responsibility is, which is, you know, primarily protecting, um, our country and, you know, it's the protecting of our country and it's the preserving of the constitution, which most people don't understand this. The United States is one of the youngest countries in the world. And yes, yet we have one of the oldest, longest standing constitutions. Mm-hmm. Over 150 years, we've had the same constitution. France has changed just about every decade with a new constitution. Um, and I could list off countries. There's such instability when you don't have a, just a fundamental working structure for your government. And, you know... There's a lot of criticisms you can throw at the United States of America, but one thing is for sure, our Constitution was such a um, highly masterfully crafted document that has enabled us to transition through the times and thrive as a country. And even when it comes to some of the more darkest times in our history, mm-hmm. the Constitution has evolved in, in ways, especially when you add amendments 
um, that I think should be taken very seriously when you make an amendment to the Constitution. But the Constitution as it stands today, along with the Declaration of, of Independence, is, I think, a, a, a living document to enable all people to um, thrive, to maximize their potential within this country, regardless of your gender, your skin color, your religion, how you were born, you can climb the ladder of success in this country. And that's what makes me proud to live in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's not as sophisticated as a document as the Bible, mm -hmm. which is the breathed word of God, the inspired word of God. Um, but in fact, a lot of the things that we see in the Constitution were written by people who were inspired by the Bible. Mm -hmm. And and so it speaks to the strength of that document, knowing where a lot of the inspiration came from, which was the Word of God. Yeah, you know, one of the things that when I first came to the United States and, you know, learning English in school, uh, one of my favorite subjects to study was actually history. Because uh, honestly, to me, the United States Constitution and the way it was established, how they, uh, you know, separated themselves from Great Britain um, and how they came here to seek, you know, religious freedom. And I just thought the history of the whole United States was so beautiful and astounding, you know, and this document. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I was very proud to come through this process myself and, you know, to immerse myself in the culture. Victoria and, knows more about U.S. history than a lot of yeah. us natural born <laughs> Most Americans. people don't know that you have like uh, they give you 100 questions to study for yeah. for citizenship and then you um they only ask a couple but you have to study all of them because you don't know which one they're going to do but yeah i remember i took them to my neighbor and she's like the sweetest um uh elderly lady and we call her grandma grandma barbara because she doesn't have any children and she's like honey i don't know half of the stuff that you're studying because she was going to help me study for it <laughs> And it was so funny. But I, yeah, I really think that it's a beautiful history, regardless of its flaws and the yeah. things that we have struggled with. Um, you know, we the beauty of United States, I think, is that we have the capability to overcome. And we had great leaders emerge, you know, like mm -hmm. Martin Luther King Jr., who pushed for uh, justice and, you know, made such Civil phenomenal, rights, yeah. phenomenal speeches um, that we carry with us today. Uh, and we and need we've, that. we've been able to make make adjustments. If you look at the United States as a person, we are really just now coming into out of adolescence and into adulthood as a nation because mm -hmm. we're very young. When you think of some of the more European countries or African countries, um, some of these nations have been around for uh, millennia, like mm -hmm. thousands of years. And um, they've had the time to mature um, and step into their own. And many of them still don't have it together. But for whatever reason, the United States of America in less than 200 years has become who we are today. And um, our ability to progress at the speed that we have is just supernatural to be able to come through. Most people, when they think of things like the civil rights movement or um, w women equality or, you know, a lot of the things in our country or the civil war or 
the Revolutionary War. We think it was so, so, so long ago. And in many cases, it's only just years, mm-hmm. um, especially the civil rights movement um, in the U.S. It's still in the, you know, the mid 1900s. And so you're talking about 50, 60, 70 years ago, and it's not not that far away. And look how far we've come. And I think that's something we have to look at, especially during these times when um, I think it's to our detriment to look at the history of our country and, yes, recognize the bad times that we've endured and the things that we have allowed to go on in our midst. But if we go back to the foundation of our country, yes, it was flawed men and women who started it, but God used it to create a country where we can be free Mm-hmm. And we can pursue our purpose. We can worship God in liberty. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be to our detriment to go back to those foundations and begin to rewrite that history mm-hmm. and begin to, you know, demonize the systems that are currently standing within our country because of the bad history and the inflection points in the United States over the years. And I hope that makes sense. You yeah, know, I, I mean, think... it's like a person, you know, having the past, you know, right. and it's it, the past doesn't define you. You know what I mean? We we grow and those challenges are the things that help us address the issues. Like if you don't have the challenges, you end up not addressing those things, you know, uh, that that we're dealing with. Um, so I think that the challenges is what shapes and molds us regardless, you know, of the damage that it has caused a lot of people and the hurt and the pain. I mean, I think think it's a good illustration to view the United States as like a person. Mm -hmm. If you take the the United States and say, we're just coming out of our teenage years into adulthood in terms of how old we are as a country. Right. But even in today's cancel culture society, teenagers, and I'm so, I, I feel so bad for teenagers who are online and, you know, when you're 11, 12, 13, even 15 and 16, you say some stupid things, you do some stupid things. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stigmatizing you for the rest of your life, in many ways, I feel like that that's what we've done to our country as well. Mm -hmm. And claiming that our country is um, in its foundations racist at its core I, I, I believe that obviously racism exists and over the course of the history of the United States of America, slavery occurred, you know, injustices have taken place. But I, are we as a country, a racist institution? I would I would say no, we're not. Mm-hmm. Are all of the institutions that exist in the United States racist? No. Um and the more I think that we try to say that, the worse off we're going to become because there is no solution. It's a, a hole that you keep on digging even further. Can you address the issues within systems? Sure. Are, are, are any of our systems perfect? Absolutely not. But um, the vast majority of people in the United States of America are good mm-hmm. and have we've evolved as a culture um, well, I think if if we fall victim to our past, then we are always going to place blame on something that has happened yeah. to us, and there has to be some kind of a payout. 
Uh, but we know that, you know, being a victim to, you know, your past doesn't move you forward because you are so blinded by what happened to you. So you're stuck in this little box, um, you know, and it doesn't make it right what happened to mm. you, but you have to confront those things. And yes, we have to have those conversations. And I think this is why, you know, we started this podcast too, and even dedicated a couple of episodes for these issues, because it is a needed conversation. It's something that, you know, our parents, our grandparents, yeah. um, might have had thoughts and maybe misunderstandings of specific cultures, uh, based on their, uh, you know, experiences with a specific culture. But this is what I love about, you know, now we are living amongst so many generations. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest challenges that we have too, because we have so diff- so many different mindsets and we're trying to like paste it all together, you know? Um, I think if we're not careful, we with the progress that I think the youngest of generations are living in can be eroded. Mm-hmm. And we can return to a day when we are judging people based on their skin color or their religion or whatever, and not by the content of their character, as Martin Luther King Jr. said. And I know this is this is all very touchy topics, but um, and we're not experts in any way. You know, we're just talking out to you guys out there. Our experience with it all and the mm-hmm. many conversations I've talked hours on end over this last year with friends from all backgrounds about the issues that our country is facing. And the vast majority of them do not believe that we are inherently evil as a country, but that we are flawed in some ways, but not so much so that we cannot overcome. Mm -hmm. And I love what I teach too on Monday nights over this year. I've spent a lot of time just returning to the gospel, the foundation from a book of the book of Ephesians, Romans, all of these passages, the gospel is a book or is, is a story of reconciliation. The gospel of the kingdom brings us all together, unified into one body from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. And uh, we have the blueprints for uh, the world to be able to thrive because mm-hmm. God's original plan and purpose was for us in the garden to be fruitful, multiply, subdue, have dominion. And we look at that um, mandate. The only way that we're able to fulfill that mandate is if we get our homes right mm-hmm. and return back to God's foundational principles for how the home is supposed to be structured Um the importance of a husband and a wife in that one flesh marriage and how that affects how children are raised. Because whenever you get married, um, you don't just become a husband or wife. You actually step in immediately to, to this spiritual dimension of fathering and mothering. And regardless Mm -hmm. of if and when you have biological children, you automatically step into that role in society where you are looked at by the next generation as leaders Mm -hmm. and mentors and guides. And this is why we think the conversation around marriage has to be elevated and brought back to God's original intent. Because um, if our marriages can thrive, our children will thrive. The next generation will thrive. Our communities and cities 
our churches will live again. Our, you know, every aspect of society begins to come into alignment when you get the marriage right. Mm -hmm. And I think it stems uh, back to knowing your purpose. And I think that's one thing that, you know, we walk uh, singles, single people through a 90 day mentorship program where we talk about how important it is to know your purpose, because if you don't know your purpose, then you're not looking, you know, you're looking for a spouse through a completely different lens. You don't view it from a perception of, you know, this is a forever kind of love and this is something that I want to create a lasting, you know, relationship with. Right. Instead, because you don't know the purpose of marriage, uh, you may, you know, just don't want to be lonely or you want to step into a relationship where it just feels like it's time, you know? Yeah, and the world so, has flipped dating on its head. Right. And we date for the wrong reasons. We approach the dating process I just completely backwards. And I, we have just come through our first se season of mentoring single people. Mm -hmm. And we've taken 90 days. Our first crew was about 25 people, some really great uh, singles, people who have been divorced before, people who are single parents, people who have never, who are very kind of uh, wet behind the ears when it comes to the whole dating scene. And we've, we've all grown together and mm -hmm. we've poured into them. We have video lessons and all of that. We're getting ready to open this back up to the public at the top of the year, and you want to be first. We we um, we want to give you this opportunity to jump into this 90-day mentorship um, and you to be the first to know. And the first people to sign up are always get the best deals. So if you would, go to my website, ryancoleempowerment.com right now. All the information is in the description there or in the podcast information. Uh, click the link and sign up to our email list and be the first to find out when open enrollment is happening. Because if you can get marriage right, you can get the rest of your life together. Right. Um, it's the outside of Jesus Christ as your personal savior. It's the most important decision that you'll ever make. What if I told you that the rest of the quality of your life would be affected by who you choose to marry? Wouldn't you take it more seriously? Wouldn't you want the tools and, you know, to make that decision more effectively? Uh, because you're looking for someone to partner with, to uh, come alongside a common mission mm -hmm. and to align with in, in your purpose. And so we're going to give you all those tools. Not only can you order my book on my website, but you can be the first to sign up for our next 90-day mentorship, the I Love You More, Most, and Forever course. Yes, and yeah. I love the fact that we do talk about, you know, personal purpose, but like you said, a marriage should also have a mission, and that's another thing that we're personally taking uh, the time to, usually during this time of the year, we start creating a vision for that's the right. next year. And that's what we want to encourage you guys to do as well. You know, don't wait until January 1st to try to sit down and write a couple of goals down. Um, you know, really do it like a couple of months before and really sit down in a quiet place to really strategize what, you know, what you want to accomplish. Yes. You know, we have things that we personally want to accomplish, but there's things that we both sit down and we, you know, want to partner together in what God has called us to do and what we want to attain. And honestly, every single year, I feel like that list gets completed a lot quicker, you know, within the first 
four or five months, I say that we start a new year, we yes. complete it because we write it down. I mean, it says in the Bible, you know, write it down, make it plain. And usually if it's like in your mind somewhere, it just gets like thrown around from time to time, but make it plain, write it somewhere, make, be intentional about, you know, looking at it and chipping away at it every single day. So, and you have to do that as a couple. And here's yeah. what I want us to do. We've got, um, the month of November left. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're going to be doing podcasts. We're going to take the month of December off and we're going to do a reset at the beginning of the year. But for the next four episodes, we're going to be talking about the importance of vision mm-hmm. and how to write a vision for your life, um, how you should do that either in preparation for marriage or with your spouse. And really it's important to do it before you get married because you are um, able to use that as a sounding board. Your vision that you have written will kind of be the thing that you bounce that person off of and say, do we have the same vision? Do we have the same goals? Do we have the same purpose? So we're going to give you the tools, how to write a vision. And then if you're married and you've never had a vision or you are trying to combine visions with a spouse, we're going to use some strategies as well. Um, I always begin thinking about the new year in Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the uh, the jump start for the new year that I get. That's normally around September when we step into the Jewish New Year. And then I start listening for God. And then we got married in October, as we mentioned at the top of this mm-hmm. podcast. So literally at this very moment, Victoria and I are probably somewhere in a hotel room writing vision. And Mm -hmm. we're talking about the things that we're going to accomplish in the years to come. And we've set a long-term vision for like 20 years, 10 years. And then we take every single year to reapproach that vision and readjust it based on the times, based on things that have happened, what we've been able to accomplish and what we've kind of been distracted from and Mm -hmm. get us back on course. And that really helps unify us. And we do it before January 1st comes around. Because by the time January comes around, you're already a day late and a dollar short, as mm-hmm. people like to say. Mm-hmm. But we are going to be well equipped going into the new year because we're approaching it in October. Mm-hmm. And we love that it's right around our anniversary, too. And every year we try to kind of get away and do something away from the kids. Got to have that parent time. Mm-hmm. But to ride a vision. So we want you to join us for the next several weeks as we jump into uh, relationships and back to our our first love when it comes to this podcast, which is talking about marriage and uh, and all of that good stuff. But we're going to do so from the perspective of vision mm-hmm. and how you and your spouse or future spouse can I'm ride a vision. I'm excited because it's going to really help you jumpstart on your year. So if it's not your yearly habit, we are hoping that by those four weeks, you know, you'll establish a habit yes. of writing things down so that you can accomplish them. Um, yeah, so that's going to be awesome. It's going to be really yeah. good. Yeah, so make sure you like, if you have any questions, if you want uh, us to mention anything or you have some specifics that you want us to mention in our upcoming episodes, be sure to message us on Instagram or you can email Ryan Comment on his website. Comment on YouTube. Yes, and also be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast as well. This helps us get it out to other people because that's what yes. we're really passionate about. It's really helping other people uh, to build strong families that's and have right. really good relationships. So, yeah, if you're on YouTube, hit that bell notification, like it, help us with the algorithms so we can reach more with um, our message of empowerment 
Um, yeah, and again, make sure you go to RyanColeEmpowerment.com to sign up. Be the first to know about our 90-day mentorship if you're single, dating, or engaged. And then we got some stuff in the works for people who are already married, mm -hmm. which I'm excited to announce in 2021. And then we got some things for parents, too. Mm -hmm. um, one special, special project that I'm working on to hope to release in 2021. So you want to stay tuned. We'll, well see you guys next thank time. Thank you for joining us for Needed Conversations in this podcast and for all of your support. God bless.